Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From Vanderpump Rules to motherhood and everywhere in between, it's time to catch up with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. Time to get back into some shenanigans. I felt like following last week's mental health check-in episode with Tori, we got such a good response. I wanted to bring my girl Jamie back on the co-host mic because you, I've got to say, you are such a good co-host. It's like we did this for so long together and then, you know, I was just doing them solo. You have your podcast now, but... Man, do I miss having you co-host and prep shows for me? Because it was like, (laughs) I didn't even start my prep yet. I was waiting till I put Summer down last night. Then I was going to listen to some of Jordan's episodes, who's going to be our guest today. We're doing a pod swap with The Balanced Blonde, and I'm so excited to get into that. But before we do, I just wanted to have a little moment with Jamie and just say, thank you for your hard work and your prep. I was like, I opened up our shared notes app, and I was like, oh, the whole show is ready to go. That's so nice. I think it might be the Virgo in me. Yeah. Not, not that I, and Jordan is not going to like me to say this, but I don't totally believe in astrology. So oh. I don't always say like, oh, you know, I don't always relate to what a Virgo is supposed to be. Uh-huh. But we like lists, supposedly. And I'm really good with lists. Okay. So I realize I have a lot of Virgos in my life, like close friends who are Virgos. You, Lala. Raquel. Raquel. Lisa Vanderpump. Okay. In good company with that one. Wow. Uh My Aunt D. Beyonce. Although she's not in your life. Yeah. I haven't talked to her recently. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Kim K might be. Is she? I think hers is in October. A Libra. Oh, I thought. Oh, Oh, is she? mm -hmm. Oh, Libra. Okay. I think that's Summer's moon. I think she's a Libra moon. Okay. And Aries rising, which I hear is going to just give me hell one day. I don't know what any of this means. Rising, moon, like I don't know about any of it. Yeah. I'm not too, I don't, I don't know either, but I love hearing it 
because when it's spot on, I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Like me and my sister and Summer all year of the ox. I don't know what that means other than it's every 12 years, but uh -huh. it's so cool that we're all year of the ox. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So let's stop talking about astrology and okay. switch the subject. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> all right. So today we have Jordan Younger from The Balance Blonde. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a podcast you've been listening to for years. Oh, my God, Sheena. This is one of the first podcasts I ever listened to when I was first discovering podcasts. Yeah. I was drawn to her. I mean, plant-based and spiritual. And I was just like, oh, this is such an interesting podcast. But the coolest thing is the first episode I ever listened to of hers was in 2018. And it was with Jamie Graber, mm -hmm. who owned a like a raw vegan restaurant in New York City. I believe it was called Ginger Snaps. And the episode was actually about her leaving the restaurant business. But strangely, that episode, I think, planted seeds for me to get involved in the restaurant business with Sugar Taco. And not because, you know, it wasn't for her, but because I could see, like, she tried it and it wasn't for her. Mm -hmm. But I can try it also. And if it's not for me, I can get out, too. You yeah. know, it is for me. Thankfully, it's the, one of the best things I've ever done. It's my passion. But I just love that episode so much. And like. And then when you said she was coming on and if I knew her, it reminded me, oh, my God. Yeah, let me think. Of, I was re remembering that first episode and I'm like connecting the dots. And I'm like, I think that planted seeds. Why I'm involved in the restaurant business today. Yeah. And why you're involved in this podcast today. <laughs> hey, full circle. So I was so excited right when I was just reading her bio and then started doing like my own research. I was like, wait, I need Jamie to co-host this one. This is so right up your alley. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to get into some shenanigans with Jordan. Yes. Shall we start? Let's. Hi, Jordan. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm over here just listening. You guys have such a good dynamic together. Oh, it's amazing thanks. to hear. Jamie, I can't believe you've been listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm an so OG. honored. You're an OG. I just want to like reach out and grab your hand because I'm just like a touchy person. I love that. And we can talk about astrology later if you guys want to learn. Nah, about yeah. There's so many interesting subjects that we have planned. Not that astrology is not interesting, but <laughs> it's so, not your thing. Not and that's thing. fine. Like we all have our things that we're drawn to and that don't speak to us as much. Yeah. So we don't have to talk about it. I mean, if you two want to, don't let me stop you. But <laughs> no, we just I have so many things prepped. Literally, when Jamie sent me her prep last night, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to do this episode. But there's just so much we want to talk about with you. And then I'm excited to also hop on the Balance Blonde. So I know. Okay, I have to know because I know it's kind of like a, a relaunch. So is the Soul on Fire the like second version of your podcast name? No. So it's always been Soul on Fire oh, okay. for the last six years. Gotcha. But then I took six months off when I had my son Atticus. Mm -hmm. And then we did the relaunch here at Dear Media. And it's always been the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire. So we have two names. Okay. People are like, what's that all about? Yeah. And it's because I had been blogging since 2013 with first it was the Blonde Vegan mm -hmm. and then it was the Balanced Blonde. And then I thought to myself, if I was going to start something new, I just am really drawn to Soul on Fire. It just, I want to set my soul on fire every day. I yeah. want to talk to people who live a life that is set their souls on fire. So that's kind of how that came to be. And here we are. I love that. And we actually have a mutual friend. Yes. Yeah. So 
our friend Courtney Berman, mm-hmm. she messaged me and she was like, wait, you're doing my friend's podcast? <laughs> and I was like, wait, you know Jordan? <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So she grew up with my husband, yeah. Jonathan. She's incredible. She took our holiday photos this year. Yeah. And I hadn't met her before, but we became like quickly so close. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Courtney, I have to tell you because I've seen every episode of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> I know that you've been on it. Like, I know that you're friends with all those people. And she's just so warm. She was like wait do you want to like know them do you want to like have them on your podcast I'm like of course I do yeah it's been a manifestation for years so how Love cool and I know it's all coming full it's all circle. coming together I yeah. thought I was say it's all happening it's, it's, it's all is. happening it's all happening <laughs> yes it's your I tattoo saw, it is it's yes. my tattoo. see I told you I know too much about yeah. you it's like amazing <laughs> So, okay. Speaking of Vanderpump Rules. Yes. Last I, week. I listened to your most recent podcast on The Way Up Here with Dana. Is her last name? Kathan. Kathan. Mm-hmm. Kathan. I always want to say Kathan, but it's Kathan. Kathan. <laughs> no, it's just Kathan. Kathan. And I have to, okay. I am so blown away on so many things that I've learned on this podcast. You guys go listen to it. But Dana, you know. I have to say, you and her have had an odd relationship. <laughs> Very years. Odd. I know. I'm like, are okay. you guys friends? I don't really know. I think but they're friends now, right? We're good, good. now. Good, Last good, good. year at, I believe it was Ocean's birthday party. So coming up on almost a year, we were both there and she came up to me and I think congratulated me on summer, said it was so cool to see me as a mom and then was like, should we just follow each other again and like be friends? I was like, down. And yes. he, there was nothing that bad that happened between the two of us that needed to be like friendship ending. It was just, I felt like our energies weren't always aligned when they were, they were great. And we got close really fast. Let me tell you what she, what she's been up to. So well, okay. I listened to some of it, but then I went and I was really into the ketamine therapy. So mm-hmm. then I was listening to more of that, but <laughs> that I did listen was a to good one. But okay. So admittedly, anytime we would hang out with Dana, I never had personal issues with her. I've always liked her. I think she's super smart. I think she's funny, but I, and I would say this to you, she feels like this dark cloud. And like, I couldn't always mm. like be near her, mm-hmm. but I didn't have anything bad to say about her. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't like what was going on with you guys, but it was just this negative energy I always felt off of her. And it's so interesting because when she was on your podcast, Jordan, she said that she realized that she is like an empath and she has been taking in everyone else's negative energy but she didn't know how to get rid of it but even strangers anyone in the room with her she would take it all in and she didn't know how to release it so the people that she would take it from would feel better and relieved you know it's like reiki energy healing she would be healing these people in a way but she was hurting herself in the process she has since figured out how to release it Uh i could tell just from the podcast her energy has completely changed since 2020 she's been working on herself she gave up eating meat she's like definitely a higher vibration right now she has been meditating doing the reiki just completely changed everything around yeah she's like a healer yeah and she helped me because same thing this is my life right now i went in and i was like dana i'm so sorry we've never met courtney connected us too i'm having a panic attack and i'm so sorry like i don't know if i can do this i think i can do this and she was like let me help you. I'm an empath, light worker. And so am I, by the way. So like I take in everybody's energy and she helped me so much and made me so much more comfortable. And yeah, I think to your point from 2020 onward, that has been her path. Mm -hmm. And it was something that she realized. Yeah. I know her and Lala just had, I'm sure Lala spoke about this on her podcast, Mm -hmm. but they just had a very 
spiritual night together oh, wow. that yeah Lala just said was amazing like life-changing stuff that's so, so cool yeah and I was like okay I mean I haven't talked to her recently because you know it's it's a funny thing about this group when you're on the outs with someone, but then someone is close with them, then it makes you feel like maybe I should distance myself from this person a little bit because I don't know what the other person's saying. But after hearing her on your podcast and hearing Lala's recent experience with her and what they did, I what do, do? want to... Mushrooms? No, no, no. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. No, probably just like deep talks. Like... It, I don't even know how to explain it exactly, but I know Dana came over and it was just like a whole release t- sort of energy like healing ritual situation. Thing. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Lala can speak on that. But I just know that it was amazing how she felt after. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you guys are cool, right? I'm like, no, we are. I just haven't seen her recently. I, I like her photos, but... This makes me want to reach out and yeah. get into some it, shenanigans with her. I yeah. think you should. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It made me like I was driving. Otherwise, I would have texted her and congratulated her on everything that I heard and tell her like how eloquent she was on your podcast and how smart I think she is. Like, I just wanted to like praise her, but I was driving, so I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't but, wait to finish listening to that episode. Yeah. I've only listened to part of it. And then I was like, hold on, I want to listen to more ketamine therapy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so I do want to get into that. Yeah, we yes. can get into that. We could go on all day about that kind of stuff. Because I was going to say, as far as from the show, before we get into ketamine, something that I've always really admired about you, Sheena, is that I feel like you're so friendly with everyone and you're very forgiving. Like, I think if you have like yeah. beef with anyone or even with your friends, friends, you always seem to come back together with people. And I love that. That's Thank such you. a good trait. Thanks. Yeah. I feel like definitely the way I was raised, you know, just kindness, forgiveness. And I don't, there aren't many things I don't think that are unforgivable you know I can get over pretty much anything but the other person has to be willing to put in the work as well you know so it's like as much as I can forgive you do you even want my forgiveness yeah Mm -hmm. for sure because you don't want to be walked all over exactly I've been walked all over too much Mm -hmm. in this friend group (laughs) too much yes no this is the year of not being walked all over anymore for me too like that's the energy that i'm harnessing this year which you picked up on on the way here Mm -hmm. too you're i mean are you psychic psychic. no she actually is we have so much to connect on like you have to come on the podcast too there's so much i would love you on mine too all of it yes all of the swaps triple swap yeah yes (laughs) and then a mom swap because my mom's here i know know. how close you are with Mm -hmm. your mom totally so cool yeah, speaking of that. which i didn't realize this and i put it in the notes you probably didn't have a chance to see the updated version you had a tiktok that went viral what 25 million views of you on the way to the hospital giving birth yelling at your husband because he was what did he say relax and you're like yes. don't tell me to relax yes, he was like just relax i was eight and a half centimeters <gasps> dilated the baby was coming out and oh so i could feel it gosh. like i thought that he was in my pants like my mom can barely hear the story because it gives her so much anxiety the baby was coming out. Oh, my gosh. And I'm, I'm screaming in the car, the baby's coming out. And my husband, he was scared. And so he's like, just relax. And he really meant it, like, try <laughs> to relax. I was like, don't say that to me. And it was like, people say this, like, monster came uh-huh. through me. And you know, you guys have given birth. Mm-hmm. I was in a different dimension. I didn't even know that there was a camera up. People say now, because there's, like, thousands of comments on the TikTok they're acting like she's obviously looking at the camera. I'm like, no, I was in the birth portal. I was in the middle of giving birth. Yeah. I was in transition 
eight and a half centimeters dilated, a hundred percent effaced in a car. How did you get there? I had a doula and she Uh believed that I was not as far along as I was because doulas, they're not midwives. So they don't don't do cervical checks, but she knows me really well. And she was like, you know, you weren't in labor this afternoon. (laughs) It's 10 p.m. now. It can't have been that you can't have gone that far. Let's just breathe. Let's just stick to our plan. So we stayed home for hours. And then she put me in the bath because I was just like screaming because like he was about to come out. Mm. And she put me in the bath and she saw there's this (gasps) vein that pops out in the lower back when the baby's pushing, like pushing to come out. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Jordan, get out of the bath now. We, we don't even have time to put clothes on. We're going to the hospital. And apparently she looked at my husband and was like, get the fuck in the car. And, but I didn't know any of this. So we're like running to the car. She's throwing wow. my clothes on over my shoulders. And I was a primal beast screaming as such and got to the hospital. Like what you hear about in movies where I was just like screaming in the lobby, the baby's coming out. I'm dying. I'm actually dying. And they were like, you know, they really get you up there when they know that that's happening. Mm -hmm. So they got me up there. I got an epidural at nine centimeters dilated, which is technically like something that they're not supposed to do. But that's, I was in such a panic that I was like, I can't do it without it i'm Did someone you try to not is that why you kind of like wanted to wait and yeah i was in the middle of wanting to be very natural but knowing that i was supposed to get an epidural because i've had prior health history and i had had surgeries on my uterus mm. so i had to quote unquote get the epidural i was just trying to push it to the last second yeah. to avoid that whole like get the epidural too early potentially have to have a c-section right. and there's nothing wrong with c-section but i just was hoping not to so <laughs> got that epidural and it was bliss I don't know if you guys had epidurals. Oh, I, um, I didn't. Okay, you I didn't. So you're amazing. Did. And you're amazing too. Like we're all amazing for <laughs> yes, giving birth. Yes. And but I, I waited. I waited on the painkillers and all of that. And then mm-hmm. once I had preeclampsia and once they, after I had the balloon with no painkillers or anything. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was excruciating. I was like, give me whatever is safe to give me. Mm-hmm, so, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, primally at the end there, what you need. Mm -hmm. Because my goal, my secret goal was if I wait at home long enough, I'm not going to have to have an epidural. I'm going to bypass what the hospital said that I had to do because of my previous surgeries. And I'm just going to have the baby naturally and it's going to be amazing. But that's not what was actually happening in my body because I had drank castor oil Mm -hmm. to induce labor, which is like a natural induction. So the pain, and, and I can't, compare it to anything else because I've only had one baby Mm -hmm. but the pain I believe was more severe more intense and the contractions were so close together I didn't have a break between contractions so I was like shouting to my doula still at home I'm not having a break you said there would be like five minutes and I'm having nothing and she's like Jordan you drank the castor oil you oh no I didn't know it did I knew it like brought it on but I didn't know it did it like so intensely I think I had a little too much and that's where the extreme personality comes in that I'm also trying to heal from find balance from because yeah I took six tablespoons and anybody listening, just please don't do that. Like maybe take three <laughs> if you're really like past your due date and you're really, really ready and talk to your doctor and all those things. Or try the hypnosis. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to yeah. say. Okay. Jamie sent me a hypnosis that helped induce labor. Oh my and, God. Uh, 
I'm, I don't even know how many hours in, maybe like 16, 17 hours in. They've done, I think, the balloon at this point, but my water hadn't broke yet. So wait, did they do the balloon before or after? I don't remember. It was a lot <laughs> happened. But I'm laying there in the hospital bed and I was like, okay, I mean, we're, we're here. We're having the baby. You know, I'm getting induced. And I was like, I want to listen to that hypnosis that Jamie sent me. And I think it was only maybe like 10, 12 minutes, not that long. And I listened to this and it's just as zen of a setting as you could get at Cedar sinai And all of a sudden it ends and I go, oh, I just peed. <laughs> that, was, that was my water. <laughs> Oh my god i was like the <laughs> hypnosis worked and wow. boom and then it was just from there and i mean thank god i was in the hospital being monitored because i ended up getting help syndrome and i literally could have died if i just went into labor on my own and they weren't monitoring me and didn't know all of this so mm-hmm. i was very thankful for where i was at yeah. at that time but it's scary it is yeah and I know you you went through so much and I do believe because I'm I'm the type and I bet Jamie you are too and maybe Sheena too these baby souls choose us and Mm -hmm. they choose their path yeah so there was a reason why I one of the most holistic people that I know had a hospital birth and and was signed up for the whole hospital birth process and it's because my son had jaundice, super severe. So Mm -hmm. people hear jaundice and everyone had said to us, oh, my baby had jaundice. Oh, I had jaundice. It wasn't like, it was like the levels were so high Mm -hmm. that they were talking about brain damage, liver damage for the first two weeks of his life. Wow. And it kept going up. So that bilirubin level that they test for all babies, it just kept going up. And we were in the hospital. He was in the blue light bed, you know, doing everything. And I believe if we had been at home, and I'm sure they still would have tested for the bilirubin. Like we wouldn't have been in the hospital. It just would have been super jarring to yeah. then go there. We were there. We stayed there. We were there for 10 days and it was a lot. And so I do feel like, oh, we were in the right place. And I wondered the whole time, why am I having a hospital birth or why do I have to? Which goes back to the previous health concerns, but it's all the way that it's supposed to be. Totally. Yeah. I think we're all very, as long as we listen, we can be very intuitive about all of that. I was fully intending on having a hospital birth at Cedars. I would have been next to Kim Kardashian having North had I followed through with it. She was there when I was supposed to be there. That would have been pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) However, when I was about five months, I went to my checkup and that was the first time I was actually meeting the woman, the doctor who was going to be giving delivering my child. Prior to that, I had always met the nurses. She was just basically too busy to meet with me, you know, and that put a bad taste in my mouth to start with. But Mm -hmm. I had said to her, I was like, look, you know, I really, I don't want to be hooked up to an IV because I had known through research. I'm like, that's how it all starts. You know, once you're hooked up, they can start putting the Pitocin in and so, and you can't stop it at that point, you know? And I was like, I want to do this fully natural, but I was intending to do it at the hospital. I had midwives, I had a doula, And my doctor's reaction is what turned me off. She goes, she was very dismissive. And she goes, well, we'll just see how it works out. And immediately I knew she was not going to listen to me. That was not going to happen. I was not going to get the birth plan the way I wanted. I went home crying and whatever fate, whatever it may be, I watched The Business of Being Born, amazing documentary by Abby Epstein, I think her last name is, and Ricky Lake. And it was all about natural births and birth centers And I called up the birth sanctuary in West LA and signed up with them. I had midwives and I did a home birth, like in a water tub, no epidural, nothing. 
I will admit though, at one point I said, take me to the hospital, I need an epidural. And that's when like my doula, I was like, no, you didn't want this. You know, if it's an emergency, you're minutes away from Cedars. We can take you if there's an emergency, but I'm here to remind you, like, that's not what you wanted. Had mm-hmm. I been in the hospital, I absolutely would have taken the epidural. Yeah. Yeah. So I put myself in a position to succeed in the birth that I wanted. But yeah, I think we all just need to be very intuitive with that. I've heard other situations where people were planning to have home births. They didn't. And thank God they didn't because something happened, you know, mm-hmm. and they yeah. should have been at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's all the way that it's divinely meant to be, truly. Mm-hmm. And that's so incredible that you did that. And it's true. It's important to have a doctor who listens to you because mm-hmm. even though. So wow. Sheena was asking me last night and I didn't know the answer to this. So we'll ask you since you're here, the ketamine therapy. Did you start that before you even got pregnant or was this something that you started after you know, in postpartum? I had done ketamine therapy before, but I had done ketamine IV and I had done it with my doctor because I've had Lyme disease, co-infections, mold poisoning, a lot of stuff to heal from for the last five or six years. And at my Lyme doctor's office, they did ketamine IVs, which is intravenous ketamine. So it's psychedelic, but it's very meditative you can still talk. You can still see the people in the room with you. You can walk to the bathroom if you have to, like somebody helps you because you're very like loopy and and not totally, totally with it in your body. But then postpartum, so back in September, I started to do intramuscular ketamine, which is a shot into the arm. And it takes you to a very psychedelic place immediately. So within 20 to 30 seconds for me at least. And I'm sensitive to medications and all things. So I think for some people it takes like five minutes. You're instantly in a psychedelic plane. And that's when I realized, oh my God, that ketamine IV that I was doing was really just very meditative, not super psychedelic. So I really started true ketamine after having a baby. But I had done a lot of other psychedelics, ayahuasca, psilocybin, I was a huge psychedelic person, still am. I I love it. We can talk all about it. But because I'm in such a sensitive place right now, and I believe my aura is so sensitive that I think I let a little too much of the psychedelic world into my particular energy field. And that's part of why I'm right now feeling fragile, panicky, not right now, because I'm actually very comfortable with you guys, but like (laughs) this morning and many, many days this past week, which we can talk all about. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm fascinated by just different treatment forms and different drugs that help anxiety, depression. I suffer from postpartum OCD, which was just recently realized. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I just really wanted to ask you about how you got into this, how you first came about. Like, Because when you hear ketamine, I think about my husband's Australian friends at a (laughs) festival, you know, just going on this K-hole trip sort of thing. And I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've never done it. I know there are so many different forms of it. I've seen people snort it out of like a little nasal thing. I've seen people do bumps of it. You're saying there's IVs. So 
there's just so many different forms of ketamine and I never knew they were used to treat anything with mental health. Yeah. Well, it's very, it's very new. It's very cutting edge. So there's, an association called MAPS, mm-hmm. and they're the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelics and Psychedelic Studies. And so with ketamine, psilocybin, MDMA, so many of these things that we think about as party drugs, yeah. they have been doing research for years about therapy with these medicines. So I call them medicine rather than drugs because I, I see like the huge delineation. Mm-hmm. And I'm very naive, by the way. So like when I started doing ketamine IVs for Lyme like five years ago and I would put it on my story, I would get messages from people mm-hmm. like, what are you, you shouldn't be promoting <laughs> ketamine. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I definitely have had my years of partying, but I didn't really come into contact with people doing ketamine as far as I knew. So it took me a while to realize like, oh, there's a huge like connotation and stigma around ketamine. Um, But when I found it again postpartum, because I too was struggling with anxiety and I didn't really know if mine was postpartum anxiety or just this anxiety that I've had my whole life, which then I think postpartum can really rev up for many of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I reached back out to my dear friend, Dr. Mike Dow. I think you guys heard him on the podcast. podcast. Yeah. And I was like, I know you got really into ketamine therapy since I've last seen you. Do you think we could do a session and then we can talk about it on the podcast? And I thought it was going to be another. I'd done the IV. So like I thought it was going to be like that again. And then when they gave me the shot and they do like heavy intake and stuff, you have to fill everything out, like positive mental health history, not on any serious medications, all that kind of stuff before they can accept you um, into the clinic. And I did it with him. And I'm telling you, within five seconds, I was like, oh, my God, Mike, I feel like I'm on ayahuasca. This is not what I this is not what I thought I was going to do today. But I also was like. I'm here for it. I I love it. So I just wasn't prepared. Yeah. And we worked through a lot because it's basically like hypnosis or like any type of trauma reprocessing therapy or EMDR therapy, mm-hmm. but heightened. They say that you can do 20 years of trauma, like trauma therapy work in like a six sessions of ketamine or, or one session of ketamine for some people. And of course, it's not for everyone. It's like you have to be willing to go there. You're, you're seeing so many things. And in the psychedelic realm, you can see very dark things. You can see very light things. So I was in heaven. I was in hell. I was all over the place. With- in how long? So ketamine's cool as opposed to other like medicine ceremonies like ayahuasca is eight to 10 hours sometimes ketamine's one hour and it's more like 45 minutes like you talk for 15 minutes and then you go into it and i love that because even though you feel like you're gone for centuries potentially that was my experience it's short and then it's like you have a lot of time to integrate and then you feel pretty much back to normal within hours you're not supposed to drive and like take it easy and don't go into a stressful situation afterwards because it reprograms the neural pathways in your brain, which is amazing. So for 48 hours, you have this, or 48 to 72 hours, all the neural pathways are kind of reprocessing themselves so you can get rid of old patterns, those Mm -hmm. patterns and habits of the OCD, the intrusive thoughts, which I too have. And I listened to your podcast. It was so good. Thanks for talking about that publicly. It was helpful. Yeah. So to reprocess all of that because what's hard for so many of us and especially 
those of us who have had a chronic illness the way that I have with Lyme is for years I didn't have any energy. And then even when I healed, I felt sick because it was the only thing that my brain knew for all these years was I haven't had energy. I have so much brain fog. I feel sick. My joints hurt. My bones hurt. Even though I knew I had done so much healing. So ketamine can come in and reprocess all of that, even with the IV to kind of be like, no, I've come so far and give you a whole new perspective. Also, like ancestors can come in and it depends on how open you are, like how much you really want to go there. But I think for people who are already prone to psychic abilities, my ancestors were there. They took me on journeys. Um, this is so fascinating. I yeah. know. It sounds like ayahuasca yeah. in a way. And I know I know that I haven't done it yet, but I really, really want to. It's been calling me for over 10 years now. I've yeah. just been like, I need someone to go with. I'm not going into the jungles of Peru by myself yeah. and for eight hours beyond ayahuasca. Well, I can give you some recommendations <laughs> okay, for, for close by too. That's good. Yes. When I got into plant medicine and ayahuasca, I was so sick with Lyme that I was not in a position to go to Costa Rica or Peru. I did it in LA and in Santa Cruz. So you're going to have to give me your contact because everyone that I have mentioned this to, I'm like, I don't really want to go to Peru. I don't want to go to Costa Rica. They do it in Mexico too. Remember I told you my friend, they do it in San Diego. Well, first of all, it's legal to do it in this country, right? But (laughs) well, actually, if you do it under the church, have you heard about this? No. Well, they developed like a religion and it's really just you know the church because under the church you can do plant medicines legally okay so they have like a legality thing so what we're talking about isn't necessarily illegal it just depends on the shaman and kind of like how in their integrity they are yeah okay i mean yeah anyone that i mention this to they're like oh i have a contact in la i'll give it to you and then it never comes through and i'm just like someone give me the damn la contact i will i will (laughs) and the, the important thing is and i think if anybody's listening and they're like rolling their eyes about shamans in la as opposed to these indigenous cultures you definitely want to make sure you're doing it with someone who's trained like heavily trained with the indigenous cultures with the respect to the elders of the medicine but they can come back to california like they Mm -hmm. you know some of them have been there for 20 years right so people are all over the place you don't want to do it with as they, I think they joke like Shaman Robbie in Venice because, you know, this is like a joke, like maybe he's amazing. But, yeah. um, you know, there are people who do this who are not totally trained mm. and that would be unsafe yeah. because with these psychedelics, they take you to a place of reliving trauma sometimes, yes. reprocessing trauma. And this could be from this lifetime or past lifetimes, depending what on I, your yeah. beliefs. And what I find so interesting and what I'm drawn to this is because... They say ayahuasca is like what you just said. You re-experience your trauma, but it's from third person. So you can watch it happening. It's not happening to you. So you reprocess it. And the way that our brain works is it holds on to all of those traumas throughout our lives. And it's in there. And so the alternative, like whether it's ayahuasca or ketamine or mushrooms, it changes your brain to release those stored traumas and those memories. And that's how you can heal. And that's why the healing supposedly is so much faster. And one session, like you said, could be equal to 10, 20 years of therapy. Mm -hmm. So I'm fascinated by ayahuasca. I absolutely want to do it. And then I start hearing stories of people who their ancestors have come and sat down on the bed next to them, have talked to them. What was your experience like, whether it was on ketamine or ayahuasca, 
who came to you? What did they say? What did you learn? How have you felt now after going through these therapies? Yeah, so I'll start with ayahuasca and then get into the ketamine because I do feel ketamine is more accessible to people because now, I mean, it is 100% legal to do in therapeutic settings. You can find clinics in most major cities, like which is so cool. We can definitely get into that. But with ayahuasca, that was my first real psychedelic experience with ancestors coming through. So the first time that I ever did it, which was about three and a half years ago, I went on a journey with all of my ancestors. And before this, even though I'm a super open person, I've talked to so many mediums, I love looking into that stuff. I was never really so into the whole like heal your lineage type of thing. But that made me the kind of person who then I feel like my mission on this earth is to heal my lineage, to then heal me, of course, and then the generations to come. Because I am not passing this on to my son or any of my other future kids and their kids. And many of us, I have a feeling you guys are like this, are pattern breakers. We come here to break patterns in the lineage. And that's what I learned on my first ayahuasca ceremony, really, truly. Because I always knew I was really different than my parents. And I have the best parents in the world, but they were always kind of like, where did you come from? Very different from them. Like, so sensitive and so fearless, like would stand up to my dad and and ways that my mom was always like, whoa, kind of (laughs) stuff. Anyway, when I did ayahuasca and my all of my ancestors came through, first I went on a journey with my maternal lineage, all of the women, like all of them whom I didn't meet, my grandmother, my grandmother's grandmother, all of them took me on these journeys to show me why I am the way that I am. Because I went into ayahuasca with the intention of wanting to find out why am I sick? I was really, really sick at that time with Lyme. And I just wanted to know, I know that there's a spiritual soul purpose why this came in and derailed my life. So what is it and how can I heal? And they showed me and then it was my paternal lineage too, all on the same night. And it was, it very much for me came from both, both sides in the lineage, but I could see from my dad's side, so many women who didn't really get to live their fullest potential, their realized life. It it just wasn't in their cards or their upbringing or anything at all. And they were kind of like coming in and giving me all this healing to show me we lived the life that we lived so that you can live the life that you're living. And we're going to live it all through you. Like mm-hmm. all of our spirits are with us all the time. And they were loving it. Like you get to express yourself on your podcast. You get to be successful doing something that you love. Like so many things that they never got to do, you know, travel and see the world. And that showed me a lot, but I'm carrying their pain. And so ayahuasca was kind of one of the first things that helped me start to purge that pain. Because yes, that is who I am. I'm the pattern breaker, but pattern breakers have to go through so much shit, like Mm -hmm. purging lifetimes of pain, not to mention my own past lives. So they showed me that and I had to go into each person in my family's extremely deep pain and wounds from my grandparents to even my dad to even my siblings. And then that gives you so much compassion for Mm -hmm. everyone. Like, how could you ever have any discontempt for anybody if you felt their pain? Right. Or even hold resentments toward maybe a family member or someone who has passed away and Mm -hmm. you get it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's incredible. That's so interesting. How many times have you done these type of therapies? 
So I've done three ayahuasca ceremonies, which are like weekend long. So there's three ceremonies per weekend. They get like progressively deeper because the medicine compounds inside your body. So the first night is always kind of like the one I described. The second night can be a lot, you know, darker sometimes because it's almost like the first night set you up. Your ancestors are like holding your hand and then you're like on your eternal soul's path. And it's different for everybody, but it can get really deep and dark. And that's when I've kind of had to face a lot of panic and work through it and learned I can heal those panic attacks in the middle of an ayahuasca ceremony by going outside, by looking up at the stars, by remembering that we all are a piece of nature. Like we come from the earth and and the stars and all of it. And that's what we are. So we don't have to feel alone. We don't have to feel so lost and terrified, which I think like that is the mental health issues, at least the ones that I have are like, you feel so lost and untethered and out of control, but just releasing that back to the earth and like the earth will take it away from you. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, these are things I have to remember in my daily life still. So I've done those ayahuasca ceremonies, many, many psilocybin journeys with my husband. He got me into all this. I was going to ask you if you've done it with him. Yes. Okay. Well, I dragged him into ayahuasca and then he had amazing experiences, but he had been doing mushroom journeys for years. Gotcha. And before that, I didn't want to do anything like that. I had a boyfriend in high school who was a heroin addict and my first love and all these things. And I was always just like... I don't want to do anything like that. That's just not how I am. But my husband, when we were dating, we went out to Joshua Tree and he was like, I promise you're going to love this. You're going to love this. You're going to feel one with the earth. We did mushroom ceremony. It was incredible. And then, yeah, all this has gone on. Most recently, ketamine. Uh I did six sessions in November. And how long do you feel that after each session you have like that relief and you feel better? Yeah, it's interesting. I think different with all of the experiences and and different with like where you are in your life. Because the first time I did ayahuasca, I was free of pain, like physical body pain for like three or four weeks. And I I thought I had healed myself. I was like, this is amazing. It's going to be this way forever. But you really have to integrate these lessons. And so ayahuasca showed me things that I never ended up integrating like move into nature maybe don't live in the middle of the city Mm -hmm. and like when you're on these medicines it's so obvious the clarity is Mm -hmm. right there but then you get back in your life and you're like "Mm, this is a pretty convenient place to live and so there's there's a lot of things I still need to integrate and then with the ketamine typically they say the benefits last for at least three months so like a typical protocol would be once every three months three months for someone who's doing it for mental health healing. And that's probably what I'll start to do. I did the six sessions back to back, which is like a very intensive form of therapy for people who are really looking for healing, looking for healing panic. Mm -hmm. But that's when I, and if we want to bring it like all the way full circle, kind of opened up my aura too much because the truth of all this stuff is when you're really open and empathic, and these spirits, they can see the light that, that exists around you. I think some darker spirits like got attracted to my light. And now I've had to do some healings around that. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that like they're causing me some panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you are, you are a psychic. But what I also learned from listening to your podcasts is that you have this ability to 
shape shift people's faces or that you see their faces shape shifting? Are you seeing their past lives? What what exactly is that you, that you see? Yeah, so it's a combination. And it took me years to realize what I was seeing, by the way, past lives for sure. So a lot of times I will see like Native American shamanic past lives coming through men and women. And then do I you can see, see any for either of us. Yes, Wait, I do. What? Tell me yes, what you see. I will. And like the other things I'll see are like spirit animals. So like kind of like an animal guide that's there with you to to really like help you on the path that you are now. And then I'll see higher self. So like that's what I'm seeing in both of you right now. And if we did and we can do this more of like a soul gazing after this or even during like where I really stare into your eyes for like minutes at a time and then all the filters that exist as humans will kind of melt away and the veils will melt away then I can really tell you what I see but so far what I see with you guys is that I see your higher selves and that you're both like really walking in your purpose and living in your alignment and a lot of a lot of angelic light around both of you bright light really open light for you it's white which I see which is like that kundalini energy it's like connected to the for me for you yeah for Jamie for Jamie for Jamie yeah oh yeah sorry because this is a podcast so for Jamie I see connected to the angelic realms extremely tapped in extremely guided and very grounded very Virgo and for Sheena I see a yellow aura which is like a really open warm loving inviting aura which from all these years of knowing you on TV makes so much sense. But now that I'm sitting with you, that's what's radiating out of you. It's beautiful. It's like the warmth and also a huge connection to the realms beyond. Okay. Yeah. Does she have a spirit animal here? Yeah, you both do. I mean, what's my spirit animal? I'm trying to think of a name for what I see in, in Sheena because it's very, whoa. Now I'm seeing you shift. You're letting me into your energy. Oh my God. Thank you. Let me keep looking. I see your past lives coming through now. Do tell. Yeah. Like shamanic past lives. So interesting. Many of us come from like a medicine woman background as even as far as it might go. The animal I'm seeing is like a fox. It's like a cross. It's a cr- at first it was like raccoon energy, but like, that's not what I wanted to, that's not, that's not what. But, I do love Guardians of the Galaxy. So. But we can also look up the symbolism of all this. Yeah. And so I think we might've talked about this in the episode with Dana, but when we see these things, so I've seen like monkeys in my friends' faces and they're like, what? But you look up the symbolism and it's what that animal is here to teach you. But then it transformed mm. into a fox. So what I really want to do is look up the symbolism of that. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I know. Fascinating. And yours is a butterfly. Really? Yeah. Oh, Mariposa. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Does so, she love butterflies? I don't know. What I don't her even deal remember with that? where it started. I don't remember. There was something with her and Mariposa. Yeah. Why did that even come about? And every time I watch Encanto and there's that song, Mm -hmm. I always just think of Kristen. So funny, like no one has ever asked her, like, what are you even talking about, Kristen? Yeah. They just accept it. (laughs) I mean, it's Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Let's ask. Okay. So you had a near death experience. What happened? Yeah. So this was wild. This was during the years of my real dark stuff with health and 
this was also the year that I was getting married. So I was trying to do like so many different treatments and beyond psychedelics, I've tried all the other alternative treatments too, from ozone to hyperbaric chamber to like anything that exists really. And something that I was doing at this time was they found that I had Lyme in my mouth. So I had had my wisdom teeth out when I was like 18, like many people do. Mm-hmm. And they say, if you do have Lyme and those holes in your mouth don't heal properly, the Lyme can settle there. And then it's a really dangerous place for it to be because it can drip, drip down into your heart. Oh, so wow. like we don't want to have oh. any issues in yeah. our mouth really, but that's what was going on for me. So I had a holistic dentist, they're called biological dentists in Beverly Hills. And she specializes in this procedure to do a cavitation removal is what it's called. So not cavity, but cavitation being like the mm-hmm. infection in mm-hmm. the mouth that was Lyme and mold. So this was posed to me like this is going to be not that big of a deal type of surgery. It's a mouth surgery. It's not like you're, you know, getting your abdomen cut open, something simple but it wasn't simple at all it was so not only painful it's like your mouth is related to everything from your heart to your brain so I was feeling really out of sorts after this and on a lot of pain medication I was going to try to go without pain medication but I immediately realized oh that's not happening no this pain is bad really really bad the worst I had ever felt until I then gave birth Mm -hmm. a few years later so I was mixing pain medications because I didn't really know. I don't know if I had ever really taken these heavy duty pain medications before. So I didn't know that you can't mix it with, for example, THC. And I don't have a good reaction to THC anyway, but I had this pharmacist who worked with my Lyme doctor who was a THC CBD pharmacist. And he was like, we're going to up you on these THC pills because they're going to help you heal and like take the inflammation down and all this stuff. So I did that. And then I took 35 tablets of chlorella, which like is this plant, you know, Mm -hmm. plant tablet that soaks up toxins. And Mm -hmm. there were so many toxins from the surgery. I thought that's perfect. I was told to do this too, but by like a few different people. So they didn't know all the other stuff that I was taking. And then I took the tramadol pain medication. I always like to say the name of it because it's like, so people know, please don't. used to have a prescription. Okay, you know, like, Yeah. yeah, don't mix it with THC. So I did. And then I went to sleep and I was very out of it. This was like three days post-surgery. And I woke up in the middle of the night and went into the bathroom. I had to pee. So I like sat down on the toilet, realized that like I couldn't pee. So I felt like my bladder was kind of like not working or something, which scared me and started sending me into like a panic. And then not to mention all the THC that I took, like, whoa, I'm like probably very high and I don't like to get high. And right then and there, I just kind of felt all my organs like shutting down. And so I stood up in there and I screamed out for my husband and he came in and I was telling him what was going on. And he was like, at first, you know, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not. And then while I was in there in the bathroom, like laying on the floor at this point, I saw myself from above like dying. And sawing my, seeing my body and then seeing like I'm floating away and almost having this choice of do I float back? Because I could, like I had this total free will or do I float away? And this is like how I die and very intense. Wow. Um, and I didn't want to die that way, even though I was in, I was in such a rough time in my life with all the sickness and I really didn't see a way out of it that I had thought before 
because I believe so much in the concept of eternal souls and eternal lifetimes. Like if I am supposed to die, maybe I'll be more at peace, which is sad, but that's really how I felt. But then when it was happening, I was like, no, not like this. This is horrible. This is like an accidental overdose. And this is not at all what's supposed to happen. So I came back. This was like a very kind of metaphysical thing that probably happened within seconds. But for me, it's like so memorable. It feels like it was a larger chunk of time. It could have been. And And you referenced that before, which made me kind of think back to like my whole theory on time. When we're, I feel, and this makes me sound insane, but like if we're on different planes or different dimensions, even if we're in space, time is different than Mm -hmm. it is here on Earth. Mm -hmm. So if there is another dimension that we go to, which I believe there is when we die on our, with our physical body here on this earth, time is different there. Mm-hmm. It has to be, yes. you know? So it's very possible what felt, what in, on earth was a few minutes could have been much long longer time. for you or faster, who knows, but well, it's not exactly. the same. And I agree with you. Time is so not linear. Right. Yeah. That's what these psychedelics have taught me too. Yeah. I've, I've seen it like, been gone for what feels like years with the ketamine stuff and it's 45 minutes and so totally like if you're having this out of body near-death experience that's what's happening and it was my heart too like I could feel something really really not right with my heart and then I came back and my husband called my mom my mom's a part of a lot of these stories (laughs) she came my parents live upstairs and um she came down and they like fed me bread because then they're like, oh, maybe she hasn't eaten enough because I couldn't even articulate to them. I took all these things. It took me a while to realize what was even going on. And then I was just in a really scary kind of like hole because then it was all the THC too. So I was just like scared. And then in the morning I Googled trimadol and THC interactions and it was fatal, (laughs) like heart failure fatal. Um, Thankfully, you know, that's probably in higher quantities, but it was like a very dangerous, accidental thing to be doing. And that experience put everything to perspective for me again, because I realized nothing matters except for our health, our family, the health of the people that we love. But in that moment, you know, it was me, my own health. And so I took a big break from my podcast, which is the main part of my job Mm -hmm. and really the rest of my job too. And then I got married a few months later and I really didn't start working again until like January. So that was like four months. And that was huge for me because I was trying to do it all and think like, what else am I going to (laughs) do? I have to work, but I'm really sick. And at that point it was like, no, you don't really need to, like you can exist. You're fine. Um, You'll be fine. You have to heal. And that is the most important thing. Would you say that's your biggest lesson that you've learned? I mean, you've done all of these alternative therapies. You basically died and came back. I would have to think you're learning a ton of lessons or having your mind opened and seeing new perspectives aside maybe from what you just said, is there anything else that you've learned through all of this spirituality, your whole you know journey that you've been on? Any words of wisdom or what can you share with the audience about all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much and that that is a key takeaway that nothing matters as long as you have your health. Like, and that puts everything into such a beautiful gratitude practice too. Like there are so many challenging things that happen every day, things that are so annoying to us and hard. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're healthy, your kids, your family, your 
are healthy. And, and if we're lucky enough to have that, that is the only thing that matters. And that will always snap me back into the present moment. And then the other thing is what I've really learned on my spiritual journey is that our thoughts create our reality. And that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And so when we get into these thought spirals, whether it's about physical illness or mental health, we can always bring ourselves back because our thoughts are reality. So if mm-hmm. you tell yourself, I'm going to have a horrible day and I'm out of control and OCD is going to ruin my life yeah. or whatever it is, it will, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully not, but it because our thoughts create a reality. And if you do, as I did this morning, I am positive. I am great. You know, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to show up and be able to live my life today, even though it's so hard. It feels so hard right now because of what I'm going through. The power of the mind is so, so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Like you're so true. Your subconscious does not know the difference between a thought that's not true. Like I'm terrible at X, Y, or Z, or I'm the best at this. So tell yourself the best things because Mm -hmm. your subconscious does not know the difference. Mm -hmm. And then these things will play out. They will become your reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. I feel like we could honestly go on forever. We're going to wrap up these shenanigans and continue the conversation on Jordan's podcast. But let's definitely do this again because there's so many things that we didn't even get to yet today. Maybe we do like a mid Vanderpump season and we kind of catch up on that and then get yeah, let's more do it. into it. You're all of a this. super fan of Vanderpump. Can, I would can love give that. you my hot takes <laughs> I on the would season. I love that. Yes. Thank you for being here. Tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you for having me. You of guys course. are amazing. Thanks. Thanks. How are you? Find me on the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast, the Balanced Blonde on Instagram. The blog is The Balanced Blonde. I still blog. You know, it's so like 2015, but I'm determined to bring it back because it's fun. It's another fun way to connect. So those are the the places you can find me. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for getting into some shenanigans with us. And I can't wait to hop on yours. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Yay. Thanks for listening to Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Download new episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Looking fine and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. I'm going to make you mine. Do you want it? Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.